Hey there, welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. My name is Dan, and I am joined here by my two co-hosts, Noma. Hello, hello. And Ed. Why, hello there. And today, we're going to be talking about a few awesome uh, news articles on the Star Wars fandom. And we're going to be talking about, first, uh, a new Star Wars fact about each of us. So the topic this time is our favorite creature in the Star Wars universe. Ed, what is your favorite creature in the Star Wars universe? Something almost generic, really. Space Cat. So I'd have to give it to the Nexu. Uh, all those teeth, if it ever smiled, it looked like it would look like the Cheshire Cat, really. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, absolutely my favorite one. Just, it's a cat. Where do you if see the have... Nexu in the series? Uh, episode two, you can see one uh, in the arena fight. With uh, when Obi Wan, Padme, and Anakin are all chained up, and they release the three the three beasts for them. The next two is the one that goes after Padme. So it's kind of just like, um, okay, I don't like you right now, but then after after I saw it, and I was like, okay, but you're still kind of cool. I love you. Yeah, that was one of the better scenes in the episode two movie. And you picked the uh, you picked the cool cat version because the next two is a really cool looking cat. At least you're not like, oh man, the Loth cat. No, <laughs> no, the dreamy no. looking Loth. It's cats. a thing. That's a whole other conversation, really. Uh, all right. Noma, what's your favorite uh, creature in the Star Wars universe? So, ironically, it's from the exact same scene that Ed was just talking about. But uh, my favorite creature in the Star Wars universe so far is definitely the Accolade. Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I remember when I first saw that thing come out, I was like, oh, man, it moves really cool. It looks really scary. Can you describe I it? Be... Yeah, it's basically like a someone decided to mix a flesh-eating lizard and a spider together you guys remember that one it's big green it's got these eight like pincer legs that run across the ground and this giant gaping uh it looks like a lizard mouth full of like crocodile teeth yeah so yeah i remember that seeing that and being like oh man that looks really cool and then later on i ended up playing uh battlefront 2 and there's one level in Battlefront 2, the story missions, where you have to fight a bunch of Akalay on uh, Felucia. And oh, yeah, are, I remember that. Yeah, they are terrifying. They <laughs> are not okay. They move way too fast. They're about they like 10 feet hit. tall, are they not? Yeah. They're they, huge, they, yeah. Yeah, and I remember playing that one, and that was the first uh, time I was just like, all right, well, I switched to Heavy Trooper now. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm just going to rocket launch for all the... Yeah, because I can't do this otherwise. And then halfway through, it was the, oh, God, oh, God, I have to be a jet trooper because I can fly over them. That's one of the awesome <laughs> things about that game. Oh, I know. It was It was definitely, like... That's why I played that game for so long, was just all the coolness they had in it. But, yeah, uh, yeah so, slightly off topic. But, yeah, Accolade, 100% is my favorite. And so the Accolade, to me, kind of reminds me of, like, if you took, like, a, a praying mantis and, like, made it... Um, 10 feet tall and like yeah mix it with a crab kind of thing kind of reminds me because all of its like legs are like all like pointy spiky like sword type things you know Mm -hmm. yeah the the only downside to the accolade i think is that obi-wan carves it apart in like three seconds with his jedi skills yeah he did it seem like it was nothing right like oh you don't have to be scared of this thing and it's like yeah you do i don't have a lightsaber (laughs) exactly right like i am not a giant i am not a space knight I can't fight this thing, but uh, yeah, I mean, it ate a bunch of Geonosians too to show how scary it was, so I mean, that helps. Because <laughs> Geonosians are, are an intense threat, apparently. The bugs <laughs> that they are. Yeah. Um, and my favorite... You, 
My favorite creature is the the Rancor, the classic original trilogy Rancor you see in uh, the basement of Jabba's palace, where Luke is fighting it off with a bone because he doesn't have his lightsaber and he doesn't have any blast or anything like that. So that creature down there, it's like this big, monstrous, like it almost has like a worm-looking face with massive claws. It's about 14 feet tall, basically pure muscle. Um, and it it's super intimidating. And I remember watching that as a kid and being terrified of that creature. But I love the fight between him and the creature. Um, and also in uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, you can use them as mounts. Huh, I so you can didn't actually, know that. Yeah, you can ride on top of a, a Rancor. Uh, I'm pretty is, sure there's an Axie mount for you too. Oh, there, there is an Axie mount, and then, yeah. So that's one of the other things that's funny about it. And there's like a raid boss you can fight a Rancor, and he's like cybernetic Rancor. It's kind of cool. So nice. Rancor all around, I'd say, is one of the creatures that I I enjoy the most because it is terrifying, but also interesting as a as a design and um, creature in, in itself. Speaking mm. of the Rancor, I remember. I'm sure you guys have played this one, um, Jedi Academy. I never one played of the that missions, one. Oh, man. One of the missions, you got to free a bunch of prisoners that are being held by, I think, gamblers or something like that. Okay. Because they're betting on to see how many people will survive the Rancor attack. Okay, that's They have, and, like, you, you cannot fight it. Like, you have to avoid it because it will just... Destroy you in one hit. Yeah, and so, like, you're trying to maneuver around it and draw it to areas making noise and then try to get the survivors. I remember the first time I did it, and none of them survived because I got lost. Nice. And it was just by the exit, just snacking on them. I was like, well, <laughs> that's Here them. I am the oh, no. The last thing I wanted to say about the Rancor is the, the scene with the Rancor and, like, when it dies and it gets, like, destroyed by the door, like, the door comes down on its neck. Yeah. Um, the sound it makes, like the whimpering sound. As soon as that happens, I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for it. <laughs> See, and the then, guy that comes in and he's like the the slaver of the or like the the tamer, I guess, of the the beastmaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's that was the other thing about the rancor. Is it gets kind of like a a little puppy to him, anyway. But yeah, that's the uh, the creature that I enjoy the most. Um, let's get on with the introduction here. Uh, we're basically just going to say what the podcast is about, which uh, we have a new uh, section, I guess, because we divided up the the literature material from our news material, just so that the podcast is not, you know, like a four hour long pod- podcast. Um, as much as you guys like to hear our voices. Exactly. Sure exactly. It's easier for all of you. So we started up the Temple Archives um, episodes that are, they cover a novel um, and a comic volume per episode. And we started up the first one last, uh, I believe it was released last week, and that is entitled Damn It, Skelly. And you'll know as soon as you read through that book or as soon as you listen to that episode, you'll understand why. But the Temple Archives episodes um, are basically summaries of stories that we are reading or have read through and how they relate to canon material that we, are, that we have read and that we have covered and some things that we maybe have seen in the past or... Uh, things that are coming up, and uh, we discuss little uh, little pieces of character quirks or interactions between characters or um, things of that nature, and where they fit in the actual timeline of the Star Wars universe, since the timelines can be a little gray at times with knowing where things take place and it jumping around so much. Um, on that note, we are covering next episode, uh, the novel Tarkin, written by James Luceno, and we're also covering Volume 1 of Darth Vader. 
So that's going to be really fun. And we are also doing uh, our new releases for this episode. So this is the news episode. We're going to cover things such as movies, TV shows, books, video games, and board games that we're going to cover for new releases and, and news articles, as well as things that have come out in the previous month so you know what has been released. And then we'll just uh, have a little bit of a fan plug at the very end of um, something that we thought was interesting in the fan community of what they created this month or this past month. Um, and with the Star Wars Celebration fan uh, submissions coming out, there's a lot of fun stuff. Um, and that's pretty much it. Are you guys uh, good to go into the news segment? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. There's nothing wrong, R2. Just setting a new course. This is the news segment, and uh, we're going to talk about movies at the uh, the first part here. Ed, do you want to take it away with some uh, not so good news, but also with some a good ending? Is seeing John Williams back in action. Uh, recently, it was out of nowhere. We heard that Williams was unable to attend a concert he had at the Royal Albert Hall. It was October 26th. He left them a note just being, you know, for more than four decades, I've been fortunate to count the magnificent London Symphony Orchestra as one of my most treasured artistic relationships. Uh, we know John Williams. He's been making music for Star Wars. He's been making music for Harry Potter. And all those iconic songs that you can think of when you think of Star Wars and you hear themes, you hear certain things. That's all John. And so if you've ever just sat back and listened to those, be like, man, this is awesome. That's his work. And we're happy to say he is recovering recovering well really from his illness he's going to return to los angeles sometime next week and this is according to mike Matissino. sorry i think i've got the right italian uh producer and he's also a close friend of john williams so hearing that from a close friend just makes us really happy to know that he's going to be okay not just because he makes so much movies and all the well makes so much music for the movies but because he's given us so much over the years that you only want to hear good things from this part, right? So happy to hear that he's on the mend, and we look forward to seeing what he's going to do next because he can only get stronger after the illness, right? Yeah, I was I was really surprised to hear that uh, he was hospitalized for an illness, and I was really hoping that he would recover, and it's good news that he is. Mm -hmm. uh, the next piece of news that we have is the Boba Fett movie is 100% not happening. Um, yes. This was covered by Slash Film, and um, basically, Kathleen Kennedy um, was talking with um, a guy named Eric Weber. I believe he's some sort of reporter uh, from Slash Film um, or could just be a reporter for something else. I'm not 100% sure. But basically, she said that, or sorry, Eric tweeted out on his Twitter account, Kathleen Kennedy just confirmed to me Boba Fett movie is 100% dead. 100% focusing on The Mandalorian, hashtag Star Wars. And that was on October 25th. So that basically is saying, I would say that's more of a rumor than a specific update. But apparently this, this gentleman, Eric Weber, is pretty like well-known in the, in the reporting community. So he does have some pretty good connections. And um, if it's from the mouth of Kathleen Kennedy, I, w like, I would assume if they're working on The Mandalorian... They're probably not going to be working on a Boba Fett movie at the same time. It just doesn't make sense. But you know what? Possible 
positive spin on this. Let's say they don't do the movie. Fine. It's not 100% not happening. Okay. But now we can look at Star Wars thirteen thirteen again, maybe, with all the resources that have gone to this. Let's put some ideas back into that. I mean, if you want to do something with Boba, why not bring that back, right? True. Um, sure. Speaking of thirteen thirteen, uh, we can move into TV shows and the live-action details for The Mandalorian and the design concepts that we've seen uh, released with over the next over the last month in October. Noma, do you want to take that away? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a couple of things that have been coming out, uh, details for the Mandalorian and stuff like that. The first one is an article that's on StarWars.com that is just talking about the first images that have been shown. I'm sure people have already seen those ones um, and the directors and stuff like that. So it, it sounds like a, a very interesting kind of vibe that's going to be taking place uh, in between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. And everyone I'm sure knows by now, John Favreau is going to be the main director for the entire series. But they've revealed a couple of other interesting things. There's going to be a lot of guest directors. Uh, one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to is Dave Filoni, who did oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Star Wars Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah. So apparently he'll be directing the first episode. Um, and there's a couple awesome. other. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that'll bring a lot of nice kind of flair and tone to the series. Yeah. Um, and some of the other directors that they've announced uh, include Deborah Chow, who did Jessica Jones. Then there's also uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who did Dope. Then there's also going to be Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, who did Soulmates. And I'm sure everybody, everybody knows this guy now. Taika Waititi as well, who did Thor Ragnarok. Yes. So they're all going to have their own episodes, and I'm sure those are going to be great. What was his Personally, name in the, in the movie? It was Krog or Craig or something like that? Uh, Cor- Korg. Korg. Love that character. Korg and Meek. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hi, my name's Korg. Yeah, <laughs> such a good character. So that... Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, so like, specifically for me, I'm really interested to see what Taika Waititi will bring in. If, if the Mandalorian, I mean, who knows, with Jon Favreau, he can do, there's so many different styles that he can do. But especially if he does something that's kind of, like, gritty or darker, it would be interesting then to see what, what happens when you bring Taika Waititi into that. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's the first piece of news that we've gotten. Um, the second piece, we'll go into, I guess, the, the not-as-great stuff from here. So to balance out that, that awesome news, there was some unfortunate news, which was there was a pretty big theft on the set of The Mandalorian, even though, you know, it's only in main production and pre-production right now. So apparently from what we've learned so far, this is according to The Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter, uh, the studio where The Mandalorian is being filmed uh, was the site of an act of grand theft. So specifically, that means that the theft of any of or any or all of the items combined was a value of $950 or more. However, on the on the bright side, the source also said that nothing of substance was taken. So hopefully that means no spoiler leaks, no script or anything like that. Um, it is a huge shame, though, but... You know, thankfully, from the sounds of it, it's not affecting production. You know, they're not going to delay it or cancel it because of that. So I was really worried about like when they stole the the memory card or whatever it was, a hard drive, um, mm. that if it did contain any footage, that that footage may have leaked, and that would have changed maybe the course of how they would go about maybe filming uh, the rest of it or refilming yeah. something and changing a little bit of the plot so it's not exactly the same, that kind of thing. Like when someone does mm. stuff like this, it really spoils it and like it it just. It puts a damp, 
dampening on this like show for all the other fans. Exactly, you and I, I don't know if I don't know if whoever whatever what's a word I can use without this. You have to have a pretty. If, you have to be pretty yeah. um, high minded of yourself to be able to do something like this. You have to be yeah, kind of like. Yeah. What separates them from all of us, right? Like, all of us want to be on that set. We all want to see what's going on. We're all, we all can't wait to see, like, the first episode of exactly. this thing. But we, like, you yeah. just wait. Just wait. You know it's coming. They're going to yeah. give us something. It's a, it's a special type of... Nerf herder! ...who thinks that they'll be an important person if they steal this kind of stuff. Um, just to get attention to themselves. Yeah, you might cancel, like, yeah, oh no, I'll be important, but I might cancel a Star Wars project that millions of people are looking forward to. Like... That seems like a fair deal, right? Yeah. Especially uh, the Mandalorians. Exactly. Especially for the Mandalorian. And since the three of us are such huge Mandalorian fans. You know? Oh, I'm excited <laughs> about that. Oh, yeah. So going back to the bright side, a um, couple of, of really awesome Instagram photos have been coming out from John Favreau's Instagram account. Um, so there's a couple things like on John Favreau's uh, birthday, Star Wars creator, I'm sure you guys have heard of him, George Lucas. Uh, stopped by the set and uh so he's got a couple of photos with george lucas um which is really cool you know that that george is is uh there and kind of what's the word i'm looking for um kind of giving his seal of approval on this project and and uh you know signing off on it kind of thing even though it's not his property anymore in the pictures with george lucas and uh john favreau one of the photos actually has uh, Dave Filoni in it, and as Ed and uh, Dana pointed out to me, because I actually wasn't sure if it's Dave Filoni because he's not wearing the cowboy hat that he always has. So it's a <laughs> baseball cap of some sort. Yeah, yeah. And so for a second, I was thinking like, maybe, maybe it's it's the props coordinator who just happens to look exactly like Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But uh, yeah, so if that's the case, I feel like this that that at least probably shows that they have been filming the first episode since Filoni's uh, supposed to be the director for that one. Um, but that's really cool, you know. It kind of shows us a little glimpse into how the series is going so far. Um, and the second thing is that we've got a very very short synopsis for the uh, series so far, um, and that is uh, I'm going to be reading verbatim from the post that uh, John Favreau put on Instagram, and that says. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire, but before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. So I think that's really cool. It gives us a nice little look into it. So it'll, pro it'll probably take place, uh, if this is the case, you know, before resistance or maybe during resistance but in a very very far away area as opposed to it um and we're probably not going to be seeing him fighting first order troopers or stuff like that you know probably i feel like it'll have a much more western vibe fighting you know mercenary gangs or criminal syndicates and stuff like that but yeah that it it makes me very excited to kind of know a little bit more about what we're going to be seeing yeah, I'm More cantina fights. Oh man, I am oh, so yeah. excited for this because yeah, the sets <laughs> look like it's something out of like Moss Eisley, or something similar, mm -hmm. behind like George Lucas and John Favreau there, and the, mm -hmm. like the set that the character is walking on in the picture with the Mandalorian armor. Oh yeah, uh, where you get like the chrome Mandalorian helmet, the like mm -hmm. brownish purple or uh, brownish metal, um, like I don't know if that's Besker or not, but he's like walking through like a Moss Eisley kind of 
tented material in the background mm-hmm. there. But oh yeah, it looks awesome. I I finally I I hope he sticks it to some New Republic people as well. Like if they <laughs> send me watch, I'm just like yeah, right, New Republic, take this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That that would be nice to get like a a, a really good slice of gray, kind of like gray zone morality, like underground exactly. underground Star Wars. And not and so not everything is like oh yeah these are the good guys you can't do anything them. It's like no they're interfering with my hunt. I'm assuming this guy's a bounty hunter of some sort, or a smuggler oh, or something. It, it'll be nice to see kind of a. I apologize right now. I'm probably going to annoy Dan in about ten seconds. If it's about but, Warfare, I think I know where it, you're going. <laughs> no, not quite. But okay. it'll be really it'll be really nice to see a, a slice of gray morality um, that actually gets expanded upon because one of the things that I was kind of annoyed with in Last Jedi is when um, I can't even remember I can't remember the the name of the character, but when the smuggler's like, "Oh, look, the arms dealers sell to the New Republic and the Empire." It's not so clear as you thought it was, and I was just like, "Oh, right. DJ, yeah." Oh, okay, yes, DJ, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, "Everything's gray," and I was like, "All right, are yeah. we going to expand on that? Can we kind of see what the nope? We've forgotten that point. All right, let's keep going." Yeah, I really wish they fleshed out DJ a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, well, even even just that whole scenario, right, where it's like, "Oh, okay, so you guys are fighting a war. Well, you guys are fighting a war that's being funded by a third party who doesn't care." That's a very you know, like modern day problem. Yeah, that's exactly what we run into in our own universe. You know, exactly right. And so it's it's a good place to show kind of a gray zone. Like, oh, um, you know, Finn comes back and he's like, oh, the the new republic isn't as good as we thought, or you know, everything's kind of corrupt. And nope, never mind. We're just it's the resistance of the good guys again, the first order of the bad guys again. Everything's black and white, even though we're trying to paint it gray. All right, let's keep going. Woo! They're firing a Death Star cannon. Exactly. <laughs> just kind of things like that. Where like. That's my main thing with The Last Jedi is it's got all these interesting points that they focus on to be like, look, subversion, and then they just never go back to them. And I'm like, I, uh, okay. Now, the interesting thing, too, is this takes place seven years after Episode 4, which is three years after Episode 6. Mm-hmm. So this is 7 ABY, after the Battle of Yavin. Perfect. Um, so this is so three, years after, three years after um, Return of the Jedi. Um, so do you guys think that... Um, this character is truly Mandalorian or posing as the Mandalorian? Oh, it's a good question. So, again, like my first, my go... first thought was like Boba, and then he really the synopsis, and it's like, well, he kind of puts it out there saying like after Boba Fett, after Jango Fett, this character is the new Mandalorian. Because with that, I was gonna say like it'd be great if they finally put something into. Did he escape the Sarlacc pit? Right. Is it really oh him? Like mm-hmm. they could have done that with this. Me like, yeah, he's Boba. Just leave it like that. He's Boba. There you go. It would be interesting if if they kind of want to do full gray. I mean, again, I'm I'm not gonna guess what John Favreau is gonna do. He's he's so much better at at all this kind of stuff than me. But it would be interesting if you have. Um, a character who maybe the reason he's left is he's just disgusted with everything. Yeah. Like you, because you could have something where it's like, like, oh, I'm, I want to be, I like, I still believe in true Mandalorian culture. Well, what are my choices? I can have Satine, this we, this weakling who's created a pacifist organization. I can go with Pre Vizsla, who's just a crazy madman who doesn't understand what being a true Mandalorian is. Oh, okay, they're gone now. Okay, now we have the Shadow Syndicate that's just, it's not even led by a Mandalorian. Why would I join these guys? Oh no, they're gone. Oh no, but then now the Mandalorians have joined the Empire. 
and I'm not going to stick with an authoritarian regime that crushes me under their heel. Well, there's a protectors with Finn. Oh, they're all gone now. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of there's and, a lot of things that is like it could be, but it's not. Yeah, it's just exhaustion so, point of that. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Just being like, you know what? I'm done. I'm a Mandalorian. I know what that means. You guys do whatever you want. I'm gonna do my thing. Something like that could be interesting. We could be seeing a new Mandalore in the makes. Oh, that would be really. That's cool. why I was wondering if I as like they call it the, the Mandalorian as maybe a working title, but maybe it would just be Mandalore as the. Mm-hmm. That would be good. The TV series. Okay, like how did he become Mandalore? They're, That'd they're, be cool. All of the Mandalores in the past have had such great stories. They like do. This, but there's this nothing in canon setup for really. the next one. So that would be cool if they jumped into that. Yeah. And John Favreau that, is apparently a really big Mandalorian fan. Like he knows a lot about it. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. Oh, if Revan's canon, then Candorus Ordo has to be canon too. Oh, that would be cool. Finds his armor or something like that. That would be yeah, something from yeah right. Also, like, I just what realized. What plan is he from? What's he gonna do? This like, what's that would be interesting to hear all that. Slightly mm-hmm. off topic. I'm looking at John Favreau's Instagram account at the moment. He's following 66 people because of Order 66. No. Oh. <laughs> um, so this just goes to show you he's got a sense of humor. That's great. He's um, dedicated too, right? But there what do you? you last thing on the Mandalorian. What do you guys think of the armor he's wearing? Um, Noma pointed it out uh, about the armor itself and where the concept may have come from. Mm-hmm. 1313 right so what do you guys think of the armor like do you like the look of it do you like the kind of rustic metal rusty kind of besker looking material with the chrome helmet like i absolutely love it and reasons for that being like because if he wants to go like no one was saying that true mandalorian style these each of these colors will mean something like mm-hmm. usually when i'm doing one of these things like you know i gotta I'm very vain, so like everything has to either have a meaning or it just has to look good. And so seeing this outfit, you're just like, well, he's got like patches of brown here and a silver helmet, and like this is weird. And why is it like there's gonna there has to be a reason behind every everything, like down to the bandolier that he's got across the chest, right? Mm-hmm. So like this is a very interesting design. It looks like he even has a bit of fur. He's got a blaster on, on his hip as well. Mm-hmm. So he's got a blaster on his hip, and he's got a cape over his right shoulder. If you see that going around his by his helmet, yeah. and then down to the left of his back of his elbow. So that's mm-hmm. like a Boba Fett kind of thing, because Boba's got like a a little side cape thing, you know? Yeah. The the thing that that really jumps out to me is the fact that like I don't know. I feel like this character says a lot to me, and maybe I'm I'm just looking too much into it. But there's certain things where it's like the only piece of his armor that's well maintained. Is the helmet? That's the only thing that well, you know, everything well else... maintained. His yes, identity yeah. is there, exactly. right? right? Like the the rest of his armor is like pitted and scarred, and this is not a guy who is living the high life because none of his armor outside of his chest plate and helmet is matching. The shoulder guards are different. The the thigh guards are different. Right. Um, so this is patchwork armor that he's wearing. Now I'm just wondering on his right shoulder, uh, the one that's like the lighter material mm-hmm. with the blue stripe on it. On his mm-hmm. left hand, he's got a piece of similar-looking armor where it's got the blue triangle on it. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. from, like... Uh, it's like the Rebels, I think, had something like yeah, that. Yeah, it seems like almost like the clone uh, armor, like Rex's armor, you know, how it had, like, the blue stripes and stuff on it. Mm. That's true. Similar yeah, to maybe that, they're, it's interesting. Cause, cause, yeah, because they also kind of remind me of, of the actual Mandalorian uh, armor. Okay. So maybe that's, that's like, the remnants of, of, of his actual armor. Like a Death Watch of piece of armor mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, something like that would be be kind of neat. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of really nice things in here. It, it feels like this is 
like a perfect armor set for him starting off. And then, you know, maybe he refines it and finds his, like, refines clan armor or older Mandalorian armor and incorporates that as the series goes on. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right. It's, it's exciting. And it, this is going to be one of the first times outside of, I guess, Sabine where we've seen a Mandalorian without a jetpack, right? So. Yeah, so far. Mm-hmm. So that'll be neat, too. Um, and then we've got a, a couple of other cool Instagram photos where they've shown uh, a space ice cream container, which looks very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm not 100% sure what the switches on it do. Um, Maybe it mixes it for you. Remixes it. It changes the flavor. Ooh. Yeah, changing the flavor would be really cool. Um, but yeah, so now we know that there is ice cream in Star Wars, um, officially in canon. Mm-hmm. And we've also got a picture of the weapon that i think the main character is going to be using yeah it's the thing that was on his back yeah in the mm-hmm. photo in, yeah in the original photos and as some people have pointed out which is i think very interesting the weapon is apparently the same weapon that boba fett used in the star wars holiday christmas special that he whacks like the dinosaur he's riding with mm-hmm. which is a very interesting choice it looks interesting uh, i love the design of it it's like an old musket on the one end with like mm-hmm. a side scope and then it's got like a a prong on the front of it, like a, a barbecue fork. Yeah, it almost looks like an energy oh, caster of some sort. Yeah, yeah. an energy yeah, yeah. That'd be that's true. So that one looks really neat. I just like uh, the, the dye of the metal where it's like pearlescent where it's got like the blue on the inside and like the purple and yellow on the outside. And and if you look at it specifically, I think that's done purposefully because it's only on the insides where we get that blue. Yeah. So I think that's actually supposed to show uh, heat resonance or heat warp. Oh, that too? Yeah, that would make um, sense. That's what heat does yeah. to metal. That would make a lot of sense. Mm, yeah, so I saw that and I was like, oh, there's some really cool uh, attention to detail here. For sure. And I mean, come on. John Favreau was able to make something from the Star Wars Christmas special look cool. I think exactly. that's a major achievement. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so as as soon as more information on The Mandalorian comes out, we'll let you guys know. But so far, I am really, really excited for this. All right, let's move on to books. Um, as book news that I've, I've come across, there's two big things that really pop out to me. The first one is uh, a book that's coming out in 2019, I believe. It's called Alphabet Squadron. Now, I thought that was a, a title that was like in the works kind of thing. But no, that's the name of the actual book. And I'm just looking through the Verge article here, written by Andrew Liptak. And uh, at New York Comic Con, uh, which was, um, was it September? Maybe a little bit before September. They had the convention there and they released the information on this. It will focus on rebel pilots hunting down Imperials, which is awesome. It will also be written by the author, uh, what's his name here? Alexander Freed, who wrote Battlefront Twilight Company, which was a really good book, and the Rogue One, a Star Wars story adaptation for the novel, the novelization of that. And he's done a few um, little short stories for Star Wars Insider as well, and some comic stuff. So he's pretty well-versed in in different literature that he's written for Star Wars, and so he does know his stuff. The interesting thing that I didn't kind of pick up on, but the author of this article did, was uh, a temporary cover shows off the classic starfighters that seem to inform the title B-Wing, U-Wing, X-Wing, Y-Wing, A-Wing. So that's the interesting thing is maybe that's why it's called Alphabet Squadron because the squadron itself isn't made up of only X-Wings or only A-Wings. It's made up of pretty much all of them. Um, So if that's the case, then that would make sense why it's called Alphabet Squadron. 
Because I was not looking forward to a book named Alphabet Squadron after we had Rogue Squadron and mm-hmm. things like that. So, Or Phoenix Squadron from Rebels. But mm-hmm. um, it's nice to see that we're going to be looking at a, a Rebel book that's focusing on taking down Imperials specifically. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited for this. And I think once we've read the book that we will actually enjoy the, the title and it would make a lot more sense to us. What do you guys I, think? I really hope so. The, this makes all of my pessimism nerves start firing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alphabet Squadron sounds like a book for five-year-olds. Um, That's what I thought at first, too. Yeah. But like, the, the author, just to, like, we'll be covering Twilight Company eventually. Um, and you guys will really like that because it's a very gritty kind of Star Wars rebel look. Um, and it follows mm-hmm. through with a company, Twilight Company, which is like a rebel faction. Um, and it's it's really gritty and sur- like it's it's a really nice Star Wars uh, take on the Star Wars universe, which I'm hoping this is kind of similar if they're hunting down Imperials. So, mm. see, it sounds like something that's more on the lines of what Saw Guerrero would do, rather yeah. than rather than the Rebels, which is which is nice to see finally that they're like you know there was this side of the war. Right, they're they're yeah, kind of expanding the rebellion, so it's not just Mon Mothma and Dodonna, it's Sagrera on one side and maybe Alphabet Squadron on the other side. Mm-hmm. And know? at the same time, it's just like, you know what? They call themselves Alphabet Squadron. I mean, look at the way we're talking about them now. It's like completely underestimating them, right? Probably the Empire would do the same. They come through and tear through every emplacement you have. And it's like, huh, who did that to us? Uh, 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 Alphabet if, Squadron, sir. If you, you, if you, yeah. If you give me one scene where they hear that we're being attacked by Alphabet Squadron and the enemy commander laughs, then that'll redeem something in my uh, in exactly uh, my make a joke about it. Like yeah. they fully well know their name is silly, but they use it to their advantage, kind of thing. Right. That I would be okay with. Yeah. But if they're cheering along, like, yeah, we're Alphabet Squadron, like stop it, you stop it right. <laughs> The, the other problem that jumps out to me, and I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll address this or maybe, you know, it won't even be a problem, but the squadron seems really all over the place to me right now. Like, if it's, like, let's assume it's just the, the first five ships on the cover here. Um, you've got an out-of-date bomber. You've got an up-to-date bomber. You've got a light strike craft. You've got a mainline fighter, and you've got a carrier. Together, that doesn't make much, that that force seems kind of all, all over the place to me. Like it's like, right. all right, we're going to attack the star destroyer. What are the U wing and the A wing going to do? I think what this might be is they might be hunting down Imperials that are like high value targets on planets. That's true. Kind of have something that's that's kind of spread out all across a lot of things instead just, of instead of like a yeah like a head on fight with like a star destroyer. It might be like a frigate, maybe something smaller. Mm. That could make sense. Yeah, I just, can see it, what you're it saying. Feels like though. it's yeah, it's it's it feels like any kind of operation you have to do. There's one or two starfighters in that squad that are going to be obsolete because that's a very diverse squadron. Like a mm-hmm. U wing, a B wing. B wing would be interesting to see because we only saw that in Rebels once for the prototype, and then mm-hmm. we also saw it in the original trilogy just flying in the background. But the yeah. U wings we know are just transports. Y wings are bombers. A wings are interceptors, and mm-hmm. X wings are like just dogfighters. Yeah, yeah. So so it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll like. I'll, I'll give this one benefit of the doubt right now because we don't know anything about it. And Alexander uh, Freed does, definitely has a good track record with Star Wars stuff. That's fair. So, yeah, I think I think once we read it, we'll hopefully enjoy it. 
Hopefully. But that will be in 2019 sometime. Mm-hmm. On to the next piece of news, which is um, about Chuck Wendig, who wrote the Aftermath trilogy. Um, he was working on a Marvel title entitled uh, Shadow of Vader, and um, he was taken off issues four and five, and an as of yet unannounced Star Wars book, um, due to basically some social media backlash. Um, here's like just some things from his. He he made a post on TerribleMinds.com um, on his account, and basically just kind of explained it out to everybody like why this happened and what what happened about it. But um, after he wrote the Aftermath trilogy, he put in some elements that were like LGBT characters in there. And there's a lot of people on the internet that were just like throwing flack at him on everything. He says sometime in here that um, if you just search his name on YouTube, uh, like the first few videos at least, like first page at least, is all these videos of like Chuck Wendig needs to just not be working on star wars and like die basically on all this stuff he's like this is just it's 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 really down putting when you're working on something and you have a lot of um passion behind the project that you're working on and then people just throw harassment at you on facebook on reddit on youtube that kind of stuff um and what else did he say here he said uh he he made a post and um, Marvel looks like they didn't appreciate his post on social media. And uh, it basically, it was a Marvel decision and not a Lucasfilm limited decision. Um, but he, he said he can't really confirm that. He said the editor that he talked to made the call and seemed generally upset about his tweets and uh, profanity. Um, so... Maybe it's accurate that Marvel did do it, but he can't he can't say for sure. Um, but it does seem that the that the tweets and, and posts that he was making were the culprit of his uh, like his, him being let go from Star Wars um, on Marvel's end at least. So that's as as personal. Um, I don't know exactly what he said, but from what he recounted his side of the story, um, it seemed like it wasn't as terrible as people were making it out to be. Um, and it's just, it's too bad because he was a great writer for a lot of things Star Wars. And I, I love the Aftermath trilogy. And I know a lot of people didn't like those books, but as myself and, and my girlfriend, she really enjoyed those books too. And she's not a huge Star Wars reader, but she did read through and listen through the audiobooks of all, all three of the books. And she really liked them. And there's some characters in there that, really like I, I enjoyed and I can't wait to see more of in the Star Wars universe but it's too bad that you know this is what came to pass with it so yeah I mean this just sets up a, an unfortunate precedent with Marvel I mean it's this it's James Gunn it's it's all those kinds of things where they they seem to be now be firing people over things that are really small and not not really that as important as they seem to think it is. Um, Because, I mean, with the James Gunn thing, it was something that was, what, years and years before he'd even worked on Guardians, he'd apologized for them already. You know, he'd said that it was was made as a joke. He wasn't trying to hurt anybody for it. Mm -hmm. They still fire him anyways. Now there's this where it seems like it's the exact same thing. They fire him anyways. It's just, I don't know. I feel like the 
person who decided this was probably was like the same person who was in charge of Marvel now and all they're just Marvel just has this this track record of really awful decisions and then really good decisions. Um, I don't know if, if any of you guys have read any, any of that Marvel Now stuff, but that was in 2012 where they tried to do like this thing where they're like, we're going to reinvent a bunch of characters. Guys, guess what? A- Iron Man was made by aliens, and he's supposed to actually be a supreme cosmic judge being, and we're going to put him into a giant robot body. Whoops, turns out all that stuff I just said wasn't true. Tony Stark is adopted, and he's not actually important. It's actually his quadriplegic brother, Arno Stark, who's trapped in a different part of Tony's mansion. And it's always been there. Why? Why is everyone leaving? I don't understand. Stuff like that. All by the way, all the stuff I just said is actually real. Um, that was the decision someone sat down and said, "Yes, this will sell Iron Man comics." Um, so I know that sounds a little bit off track, but it just it it's it reeks to me of that same thing where it's just like what like terrible decision, terrible decision, terrible decision. Hey, let's make a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Really, really good decisions for a while. Okay, back to the bad decisions. So, yeah, I don't know. That, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah, yeah it's it's, just... it's crazy. Like I'm just reading through here, and there's a piece, some pieces here that are just like this is this is nuts. So, um, after he he wrote the um, the Force Awakens adaptation as well, and um, basically when he 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 wrote a tweet out saying, "Hey, I really liked the Last Jedi." He says that's really when I started to see lots of YouTube videos and stuff about me, and it was well, it was creepy. And I'd seen another sign. Um, I'd seen other signs of people being fired for political reasons, um, and just yanked around because of things like this. Um, and he says, uh, "We just announced Shadow of Vader, which is the new comic series coming out for for Marvel, and it was just announced last weekend before this post was made. And everyone was excited. They weren't made aware of any issues that were coming up. And my online self was always been his online self, except." Uh, today he got a call, he got fired because of the negativity and vulgarity that my tweets bring. So it wasn't so much what he said, it was more or less what he said instigated more people yelling and screaming at him or about Star Wars in general, that kind of stuff. And uh, seriously, that's what Mark, the editor, said. It was too much politics, too much vulgarity, too much negativity on my part. So basically he was not civil. It was why he was let go. So... That's too bad. I, mean, I really hope maybe down the road he does become um, a part of the Star Wars family again for Marvel and for other Star Wars books and things because he's a, he's a really um, good writer. I mean, that, that reason just makes it sound even dumber than what I thought it was before. They're getting angry at you because your tweets are bringing angry fans like or angry not even angry fans just angry people right yeah because like in the dem like the world we live in now everybody's has an opinion every has everybody has something about they something say. exactly but that, like no matter yeah. what you say there will be blowback you just got to be prepared for that and the fact that like you know disney you've been around for a long time you know what star wars fans have been like for the last how many years since yeah. since 2015 like this has been going on. Like you know to expect this. No matter who you are, what you say, somebody will not be happy. Yep. Yeah. To so just start throwing out the, yo, no, you're out, you're out. Firing's like Oprah. It's not gonna change. It's not gonna help the situation. People are just gonna be like, oh, no matter what we say, you'll cancel stuff anyway. So where's where's the, you know, how do we have confidence in this? How can we have confidence in anything? And like nobody working at that studio want to say anything for the fact that it's like, oh, you know, we need public opinion on something. Who's gonna start? Well, I don't yeah. like this job anymore, so I'll do it. Kind yeah. of thing is what you basically want to say at that point, right? Yep. Like, 
Yeah, because everybody remembers that when we stopped talking about with the prequels, people stopped hating them, right? Oh, wait, no. And it's the same with this, right? It's like, I, I understand they want to not hear people say The Last Jedi was a terrible movie. But reality you know, says yeah like, so firing people, great yeah so what you're what you're doing now is you're firing people who are agreeing with what you want to hear someone says i like the last jedi you fire him because the conversation underneath that tweet is saying well you have a wrong opinion and you should go die and that's yeah that's terrible but so that again we don't know the entire story from like the marvel standpoint i guess but i i still think it's a, a terrible thing that he was let go because he's he's I a mean, good talent for that reason, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're right. We, we, we don't know the full story, but if we're not going to be getting that full story from Marvel... Exactly. This is what supposed, they have what to look forward to. to right? This is the speculation that they're yeah. going to hear all the time right. because right. of it. And like, like, we don't can, hear... Yeah. When, we, when stuff like this happens normally, we don't hear about what actually transpired and what was actually said. Um, because, like, if you think back in the Star Wars movie that was... Um, being made solo a star wars story there was two directors that were working on the, uh, the lego movie that are working on solo they were both let go like once the movie was almost finished like filming and then they put um ron howard on it but but, even, but we don't but know why there's a just difference well, no because because even then there was a difference because i i had heard uh from a couple pla different places that um they felt like those two directors humor didn't match what they were trying to get with solo and i can understand that because if you see what their more Slapstick unfettered humor is more unfettered because they were both the guys who did clone high um and clone high i love like don't get me wrong i love clone high clone high is amazing but it's got a very very specific very strange humor so i can see how that kind of humor wouldn't gel with um what they think han solo is like because it's not very it's not very much sarcastic and kind of dry humor like Han Solo's known for. It's very strange and out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, when there when there's a joke that, or actually, you know what, I, I won't go into it because it's, I don't know, Clone High is just something I don't want to touch with that. But That's fair, that's fair. Go, going back into what you're saying, I think what a lot of people or a lot of execs at Marvel or places like that don't seem to realize is your silence still tells a story, right? Right. If you, if you don't come out and say, this is what we got rid of him for, because I'm sure the reason they're not doing it is because they fired James Gunn. They said the reason why. Everyone responded with, that's stupid. You're stupid. And then they got either scared or offended and just didn't say anything again. Exactly. So now they've yeah, so now they fired this new guy and they're not giving a reason. Or I don't know why I'm saying this new guy. They fired Chuck Wendig. They don't give a reason why. But then... If your if the editor said it's because of the negativity and vulgarity that was brought with your post, what you're now saying is if you support our products, we're still going to fire you. It doesn't matter if you you're just on have to screw up product. once, and it might not yeah. be even your fault. Exactly. You may not know what you're going to do. You may try to support us, and we'll still fire you. We might. So you might not know what people might say to your post, but yeah. yeah. But it's still your fault somehow. So basically, so, people are living in fear of being fired because of what they're posting on social media. Exactly. So you, then you don't say anything, but then they say, "Why aren't you saying anything? Are you not supporting us?" It's just, it's all this, this. I don't know. It seems like a lot of stupidity over a lot of really dumb things. Reasons. Yeah. Yeah. On a flip note, there is a video <laughs> game out there that people are up in arms about, and sometimes people are really happy about. And that is Battlefront 2. And uh, recently, 
they have had an announcement and released a new hero slash villain uh, character for the game. And Ed, would you like to take that away? So after what feels like forever, we finally get to see someone who we've all been like, well, you know what? What if we did come up against this guy? Is he as terrifying as we as they make him out to be? But showing all those Jedi arts he was trained in by Count Dooku, we have General Grievous storming onto the scene. And from the videos that we've seen so far from some of the test runs that people have done with him, he is... He's a tank. Like, he operates kind of like how Vader does in the sense where, you know, you don't move as fast, but if anybody is in your area, in your range, they are... They're done. Like to keep it as PG as possible at that point. They're they're just done. Like when you see him fight, he's got this crazy like four saber thrust move. He's got he's got the move where he's spinning uh two of the lightsabers in front of him like the buzz saws and he's just advancing on it. I think it's called unrelenting assault or something yes, like that. Unrelenting, yeah. And just the name of that alone is like, oh Boy, you want to yeah. you want to be a droid behind him walking forward because you are going to get through be whatever that is in front of you. Planet at that point, you <laughs> want to be in another game mode at that point if you see this move come at you. Like it just looks like okay, he's activated that. All right, just how are we going to get him on the respawn at this point? But seeing that was funny. But I think the best part of seeing him was that he he has that iconic scurry away move, like yeah, oh, with no, spider mode. Bad. Time to spider away. Yeah. And it looks like it lasts for a while, too. It's like I've, five I seconds it. of dash. And it's not just an escape mode. I find like people have been using it to like barrel into other people and then start their assault for it, too. So like, he's got some versatility to him, it looks like. It's kind of uh, like the Han Solo when you like shoulder forward shoulder or you, like, yeah. you don't get phased by anything that hits you or what you hit and you do damage. That's basically what he has. But I'd I love, I'd so love to hear like when he does go up against Obi-Wan or something like that, if they just have continuous banter throughout their little skirmish <laughs> or whatever, mm -hmm. like that would be great. Like if, if he, be, if he beats him, he's like, you lose Kenobi. There is, there is some sayings great. like there's um emote taunt things that you can have. And he's like, you are a formidable opponent um, to basically just any character that he, he sees. So I'm, I'm sure when the Obi-Wan comes out next or this month in November at the end of the month, that uh, there will be some sort of interesting banter that you could have between them. Even if they, you know, let them do a new map on Utapau, and then they'd be the two heroes on each side would be really cool. Utapau would be a great planet to do that on, because we had that in Battlefront 2, the original one, didn't we? Yeah, I believe so. Anyway. Yeah, there, there were a couple areas of that I remember not liking because there were huge open roads you could just immediately die on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I did think, though, it was really funny when I saw the Claw Rush ability, and I was like, oh, finally, we're representing the true facet of a Star Wars villain being able to run away as quickly as possible yeah <laughs> right it's, like it's if so they suitable ever, for him if oh, they yeah. ever put dooku in the game he'd just do like the cape sweep and then just run yeah <laughs> while laughing yeah you have the like you could do the same thing for ventress like all three of them just oh ventress would be a great character to have in that game <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be very cool except i feel like though they won't do it because a lot of people won't know who she is ed have you uh, had to play as grievous yet have you had the opportunity I have not. Every match I've gotten into has just been, hey, you need to update your system because we've added a new character. Yeah, right. You need more space. 
<laughs> so from there, I've literally just been doing some like solo and co-op stuff again. I've been going to the story again, practicing nice. my piloting skills. But I'm really excited. I'm surprised. I when want they Anakin. When they released, and he's gonna be next year. When they like released, um, Jeez, next year, Grievous. I was hoping they would release a new Starfighter character as Grievous in his iconic ship. You know, that oh, chromed that out like fighter kinda, thing, like, yeah, that he has on Utapau. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool to just to have him as a as a flying character too. Like they should release if they release. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be like <laughs> this would be a good idea oh, for that's... the future. If you had a character that you release as a hero in the ground combat, you should also release him as a hero in the space combat. Like when Obi Wan yeah. from the Clone Wars comes out, maybe have him with his Jedi Starfighter. The, I mean, it's something to think about. They, right? they definitely really cool. consider it for Anakin at that point. Oh yeah, Anakin would definitely it would be like be a good you'd idea. have to. Uh, that there's no mm-hmm. other thing to do. You have you, Han Solo on the ground. You have Han and Chewie in the in the Falcon. Like you can definitely do that. And then you break yeah. canon even more by having Anakin Skywalker as a Jedi go up against Darth Vader in his Tie Fighter. <laughs> but I mean, we have like oh, three Falcons sh- flying around right now at the same time, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, right? but we we can't break canon. That's why they wouldn't release extra skins for characters because oh my goodness. Uh, Everyone will lose their mind if there's a pink Darth Vader. See, I was going to say, yeah, you're not allowed to be negative because that's what I'm here for. Exactly, right? <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. Just It's it's positive criticism. The, the first Constructive thing I thought of, criticism. The, the first thing I thought of when you said they should have General Grievous as Starfighter is like, well, as a blinkered exec, my first response would be, but we've never seen it's like what that ship actually does. We've never seen it fire a shot. We've never seen it. So that's it an opportunity to have that be shown for the first time because they have connections yeah. with Lucasfilm, right? Yeah, but then they have to be creative, and then that burns out all the circuits they have in their brain for money. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, the way I pictured Grievous's fighter shooting is like a shotgun. Oh, interesting. Right? And I think it was in the original Battlefront 2 game, because I remember flying it in something. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought it was like that. And no, see, it fires remember. pride and accomplishment. Oh, I see. There you go. <laughs> Board games and RPGs. Noma, you want to take it away? No, uh, clearly other people here know a whole lot. Of, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> We're descending into this now. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Oh, also, uh, uh, no, at the end of this, you want to talk about something that might be coming up um, uh, with our personal RPG thing going on? Oh, yes. sure. In the six to eight months, it'll take us to get one session in. Yes. yes. <laughs> so. All righty. So uh, the first thing that I'll talk about for the board games and miniatures is for the uh, Star Wars miniatures game, which unfortunately I haven't been able to try out yet, but it looks pretty cool. It's called Star Wars Legion. Um, and if you're interested in that, it's basically combat during the original trilogy, uh, ground-based combat. So you get your you know basic troops and then kind of more specialized elite troops, um, air support, heroes, all that kind of stuff. So uh, this month there is, are going to be Uh, releases for Empire. So uh, if you are an Empire player, you are going to be getting the Emperor Palpatine Commander expansion. And to back him up, you will also be getting the Imperial Royal Guards unit expansion. Nice. Oh yeah, so they should be some heavy hitters. Um, From what we've heard so far about that, Palpatine is basically going to be someone who you don't necessarily want to get into... You won't mind getting into a fight in close combat with because this is the original trilogy. A little bit weaker, not quite as uh, as as much lightsaber prowess as he did in the uh, prequel trilogy. Um, but you will be able to have a lot of different force powers that will drastically affect your side of the battlefield. 
And from the sounds of it, the Royal Guard are mostly a tanking unit, so they'll be able to protect him and make sure he doesn't come to harm. So, you know, makes sense a lot for, for what they're supposed to be representative in the universe. Um, and then for Rebels, later on, I'm not sure if this is coming out this month or next month. Uh, I'll update you guys when I, when I hear about that. But for the Rebels side, we are supposed to be getting the Chewbacca Operative Expansion, as well as the Wookiee Warriors Unit Expansion. Um, so those will be very different from Empire. Chewbacca is going to be much more in-your-face, you know, uh, very tanky, able to do a lot of damage with his bowcaster. And the Wookiee Warriors will probably be the exact same thing. It looks like they're very much melee specialized because um, each of the Wookiees are uh, charging into the fray, brandishing their Rick Blades, um, while some of the upgrade cards might give them bowcasters and stuff like that. So that looks pretty fun. Um, and then on the other side, which uh, I'm very excited for, uh, we are getting the Star Wars uh, RPGs. Um, we are going to be getting a new book with that called Rise of the Separatists. So if you've seen the Star Wars RPG, this is kind of exciting because it takes place... Uh, it's basically like Star Wars D&D. Is, um, it it is it the first one to take place in this era? Uh, in the... Uh, you mean in the original, tri uh, the original trilogy era? Uh, the Separatist one? A prequel trilogy. Oh, Rise of the Separatist. Uh, no, this will be the second uh, RPG book, as, or RPG system, as far as I'm nice. aware. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No worries. Um, so yeah, so... Uh, the actual normal book or main books for this uh, all take place during the original trilogies, but this one is going to go back and it's going to give us the early days of the uh, Separatist Republic War. So you're going to get um, Phase 1 clone troopers, and it looks pretty interesting from what we've heard so far. Uh, you're going to get a lot of rules for more combat-oriented Jedi uh, because those were released in Force and Destiny. Um, you're going to get a lot of rules for different types of clone troopers. So there's going to be clone commanders, clone specialists, uh, heavy troopers, kind of stuff like that. So it looks like something that's going to be very, very cool, especially if anyone is kind of a veteran of these Star Wars games. It's going to just give an entire new era to kind of run around in and have fun. Um, so that's going to be really, really cool. Um, and then on the last front, there is uh, a new expansion coming out for the card game the Force and Destiny Across the Galaxy booster set. So this one seems pretty cool as well. Uh, I've been kind of playing the, the card game on and off. It's interesting because if you know any of the more competitive card games like Magic and... Um, Magic. I can't believe it. <laughs> there <laughs> I is competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu -Oh! and competitive Pokemon, so... Yeah, but I don't, I've, oh, I don't know if those ones Hearth, really count. Hearthstone? It's really just Magic. Hearthstone. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's fair. Hearthstone is pretty uh, Hearthstone big. Hearthstone and Magic. Um, so the the biggest difference between those guys and uh, Force and De or Star Wars Destiny is that Star Wars Destiny uses dice alongside its cards. Uh, so there's an element of randomness thrown in that that kind of kills off the whole meta of this card is really good, so it's going to cost you know five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. If I want to get into really obscure magic stuff this card was amazing in the first set so it could now cost half a million dollars like platinum lotus happens. or something like that uh black lotus black lotus yeah, yeah. that card man <laughs> yeah and if you it's one of those cards if you look at it it doesn't make sense why it's half a million dollars but exactly. if, if you understand kind of the the way the game is played the history of it, in yeah. that one specific format you can use it in um but anyways i'm getting off track um so yeah so this this new expansion is going to be pretty neat because it's going to be adding uh mods so different cards that you can add to your ships or weapons um, that'll kind of upgrade them and give them more dice to you. So that sounds really interesting. Uh, I myself play 
a vehicle deck. So this sounds really cool for me. It's a vehicle deck that runs um, Hera, Ezra, and a random pilot, a random rebel pilot. So I've got a whole bunch of vehicles running around in that. That'll be really neat with the mods. And uh, they're also going to be introducing plot cards with negative point values. So hopefully that means that maybe your characters will take a hit in some way, but you'll be able to add more characters into your deck. I don't know, really interesting stuff with that. It's going to be really neat to kind of take a look at and see what you can do with those. Um, but yeah, that that basically wraps up all the releases we're getting this month, all from Fantasy Flight Games, who are a really, really cool company. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of their products over the years. They're the only guys who have made a really good Warhammer 40k RPG, and I will stop myself there before I gush about Warhammer for the next hour and a half. Fantasy Flight Games, please sponsor this podcast. <laughs> yes, oh my god, please. <laughs> All right, we'll go on to the next segment, which is the new releases for October. So this is books and comics. You guys good to go into that? Oh, yeah. This is the new releases for books and comics of the month of October 2018. And for books this um, this month, we have three, uh, two of which are kids' books um, and one of which is a re-release on paperback. So the first two are Flight of the Falcon, Lando's Luck. This is a story about the Falcon and when uh, Lando was piloting it with, I believe, L3. The next one is Flight of the Falcon, Choose Your Destiny. So it's like a choose-your-own-adventure book with Luke and Leia um, under the under the guise of the um, Falcon. And the last book we have is a re-release of Last Shot uh, on paperback. So it is a lot less expensive than buying a $30 hardcover uh, from the store. It's more like $10 or less or something like that. So it's a lot nicer to purchase those. Comics, we have volumes coming out this uh, this past month. We're Dr. Afro Volume 1 in hardcover, which I believe that covers um, the trade paperback of Volume 1 and Volume 2, maybe Volume 3. So it does have a lot more than just a one-volume thing. So I believe it has 12 issues um, in there. Do your research if you're going to look into that because the hardcovers are really nice and it's a great way to um, have the collection if you're not buying the single issues or the, the trade paperbacks like myself. The other volume we have is Darth Vader Dark Lords of the Sith Volume 1 in hardcover. Same idea where it has uh, more than just six issues in it. I believe it's a double or triple um, issue, uh, a double or triple volume uh, collection. And Star Wars Adventures Volume 4 Smuggler's Blues Trade Paperback. Now this one is the fourth volume of the Star Wars Adventures uh, series, which covers six issues in that in that volume. Um, for issues, single issues that have come out in October are Star Wars number 55, Hope Dies Part 6, which I believe is the last part in that uh, storyline. Star Wars Adventures, Tales from Vader's Castle, issues number one to five, which I still have to purchase for both Ed and Noma. Uh, as we said, we we're going to do that for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, Solo, a Star Wars story adaptation number one. Darth Vader, number 22. Fortress Vader, part four. And Star Wars Adventures, number 15. Are you guys looking forward to Vader's Castle? Tales from Vader's Castle? Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> I've already looked, snuck a peek at some of them so far. Okay. And I really want to see more. Nice. Just from like, it's got the perfect Halloween vibe through, like kind of how the Simpsons had their like their haunted house. It's like Tales from the Crypt Keeper kind of thing. 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that affected with, especially with Vader's castle, you know, it's on Mustafar. It's like, why would anybody go to this lava pit planet? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it'll I'm, be interesting. I'm excited to see what happens near the end of Darth Vader 25 when that comes out, because that's the end of the Darth Vader series for that section. Um, speaking of Darth Vader, there is going to be a new release, like we said earlier, with uh, Chuck Wendig. He has his name on three of the first issues of Shadow of Vader. So that will be fun okay. once that is released after Darth Vader mm-hmm. number 25 finishes up the Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith series, which is the second of three Darth Vader series that are going to be out in canon for comics. It's confusing. Yes. We'll let you know what happens um, with the Darth Vader series in our first Darth Vader coverage in the Temple Archives next time. Um, and that covers everything for the new releases for literature. Um from right now, I guess we're good to go into our fan choice of the podcast, um, fan pick of the podcast, I guess, and our outro. Sounds Hey guys, Skelly here, true hero and main character from the hit book series A New Dawn. We're here for the the fan plugs and outros, but before that, did you guys know that the Moon of Sidna has over 500 Damn it, Skelly, get out of here. You're not welcome here. Ed, take him out. Take him out of here. How did he even get in here in the first place? I don't know, man. I think, did we leave the door unlocked again? Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. It's I went to get a drink. Left it unlocked. Ed, you need uh. to make sure that door is locked because we can't have characters from the books we read walking in here and taking over the podcast at the end. Damn what if this happens Skelly. at the beginning of the episode? Oh, boy. Well, you heard him, Skelly. At this point, if you've if you've listened to the last a little bit for the for the for the podcast, it's just he's been annoying us for a little while now, and how we got. I just, I just, I'm sorry, guys. Michael, we got to make sure you you're on lock duty now. To make sure that door is locked. I will do my best. <laughs> All right. Uh, so with this, we have the fan pick of the podcast, which is Star Wars Odyssey. It's just fan film that was released by um, a YouTube channel called uh, Mav Films LLC. So M-A-V Films LLC. Um, this is a really interesting... I watched it uh, last week, and it's really interesting look at um, a group of rebels on a mission to uh, reprogram a uh, imperial turret to shoot at their own death stars it seems like i think that was the the full mission that you have uh, for the rebels here and it kind of goes it's a grittier look at a rebel thing kind of it it gives you that the rogue one-esque battle of scarif on the beaches type thing um but a little bit, a little bit more grittier. Um, but if you haven't checked it out yet, I would recommend it. It's on YouTube. Just literally type in Star Wars Odyssey, spelled O D Y S S E Y, and uh, take a look at it because it is actually really well done for a fan film. The animation for the ships, the hyperspace travel, the turret itself, uh, the blaster fire, all of that stuff is done really well. Sounds are perfect for for Star Wars, so definitely check it out mm-hmm. and uh just a couple things for the outro here is 
you can follow myself on Twitter at Daniel J. Venard, V-E-N-N-A-R-D. And uh, Ed, do you have anything that you want to share? So in a bit, we've been talking about doing a sort of cast, just us streaming a bit of Battlefront 2 and with the release of General Grievous on there and Obi-Wan in December, that may be on us sooner than you imagine. So keep keep uh, keep your eyes on, on a Twitch channel coming up pretty soon. We'll be able to show you guys some of that if you want to follow us along as we blunder our way through the galaxy on the, battle, on the different <laughs> battlefronts that are there. That'll be coming soon, though, so keep following for more information on that. Yeah, and uh, something I'd, I'd, I figure I'd chime in with there is that if there's any games that you guys are interested in hearing us play, um, I mean, you know, Classic Battlefront or anything like that as well, uh, drop a comment, let us know, because, I mean, I'd be down to play basically anything that's a Star Wars game, um, except for Masters of Terra Kai. I actually did play that back in the day, and I'd rather not go back. So, you know, <laughs> that game is a, is a little old for for replaying it. That's true. I mean, I'm sure we could find some sort of emulator if if people really wanted. I'm sure I could try and stomach it, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Exactly. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about the RP that uh, is in the works? Yeah. So, uh, like Dan mentioned before, uh, basically with that whole Rise of the Separatist thing that I was talking about uh, during the board games and miniatures section. Uh, there is a kind of main RPG that goes along with that called uh, Star Wars Edge of the Empire. And it's it's pretty neat. It's uh, kind of D&D based, but a little bit more of a narrative focus than a combat focus. Uh, not to say the combat isn't great in, in this game. It is it is very, very solid. But uh, it's, it's pretty neat. You basically play a bunch of smugglers uh, taking place two months after the destruction of the first Death Star. And from there, your DM kind of has you explore the darker undersides of the galaxy, you know, smugglers' dens and hot cartels and all that kind of stuff. Um, if that's not necessarily your kind of thing, but you're still interested in an RPG, there's two other ones that have come out since then um, that all follow the exact same system, so they're all actually compatible with each other. Um, there's Star Wars Age of Rebellion, which is very much centered around being part of the Rebel Alliance, um, going on missions for them, setting up bases, ga- gathering support, um, and then there's another one called Force and Destiny, which I haven't looked into too much, but it is um, more focused on the Jedi and being Jedi survivors after Order 66. Um, but yeah, so uh, I've got a a group right now with Dan and Ed and a couple of other friends, and we're kind of trying to, to get some time together to start um, running games and for me to kind of introduce these guys into this whole system and, and world and stuff like that. But uh yeah, if you guys are interested in, in hearing any of that stuff as well, you know, we, we'd have to clear with the rest of our players to make sure they're all comfortable with being recorded. But uh, that's another idea, right, is that we can always try and, and uh, record or stream some of those games and see what people think of them. Yep. And and if that's the case, I'm just going to have to, you know, kind of upgrade my maps and uh, stuff like that to make sure that it, they don't look gross for normal listeners to look at. Well, gross. I don't know why I'd say gross. That makes it sound like they're going to be weird stuff in it but you know yeah. more professional yeah <laughs> man wait till you guys get to the tentacle map no. <laughs> oh god the Dianoga is back it's coming yeah. for you all 70 of them fight oh, oh god <laughs> alright and uh, if you want to follow us on the podcast you can uh, eat, sorry if you would not follow us if you want to communicate with us uh, to the podcast here you can do so through email which I would say is one of the best ways to do it uh, voiceoftheforce at gmail.com 
you can just write us a little feedback or if you have criticism of the podcast or maybe something that you want to tell us about that you thought was interesting in one of the news or books uh, that we covered for this podcast, let us know. Um, I would love you guys to do the same for the Temple Archives episode. We're excited to do more. Um, if you didn't like the format, if you think there might be a better way of doing it, send us some feedback because that would be really nice. If you have feedback on the Temple Archives episode, be sure to put in the subject Temple Archives 1 just so we know what you're talking about. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at VoiceForcePod. And there we tweet about things that are happening for Star Wars news um, and posting of our newer episodes that are coming out um, and a tease of when they might be re um, releasing. You can also listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify. Um, reviewing us on any of those or all of those helps uh, our podcast with visibility. So the more ratings we get, uh, the more positive ratings anyway, the more chance that if you type in Star Wars podcast or Star Wars literature podcast or news or whatever, you will find that right away. Um, right now, it's, you kind of have to type in Voice of the Force on those and find it. The other thing is, I haven't been saying this in the last few podcasts, but this would be awesome if you guys could subscribe to the podcast or follow the podcast on those podcatchers because when you do that, it automatically downloads the next episode uh, to your device once the new episode is released. So as soon as that goes live, um, like an hour or two after we upload it, not even, it goes right to your device and it downloads it so you don't have to worry about searching when the new episode comes out. Um, and we would really love to hear feedback if you guys have any, so don't forget to do that. Um, is there anything else you guys want to say about the podcast? Uh, no, I think uh, Dan already mentioned it, but I mean, yeah, if there's any any comments or, you know, critiques or, I mean, anything, we've all got fairly thick skin, so, you know, don't feel bad about it. Just let us know what you think, but, uh, you know, drop some reviews if, if there's any anything you think about the podcast, let us know, right? Because, you know, for, for all of us, this is kind of our first time doing this. We want to make sure we're giving you the best experience possible, so and any you, feedback that you've got. Yeah, if you ask a question out. on the Twitter account or an email... We will read it on air if you want, and we can answer the question for you. So if you have any specific questions about Star Wars that you may not know or you may want to mm. know um, about us or about Star Wars in general, ask away. Mm. Um, and if it's appropriate, we'll read it on the podcast during the feedback segment. Yeah, we're not reading anything by Skelly. Yes, that's true. We'll make sure that door's <laughs> locked because, like I said, Skelly is not welcome on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, apart from that, no, I think that's everything. Ed, you're good? Oh yeah, throw me Legends questions. We'll have fun. With that said, may the Force be with you guys, and we will see you next time on Temple Archives Episode 2, where we talk about Tarkin and Darth Vader Volume 1. You know, it'd be a good one. What? Hey Don't guys, you... welcome back oh, to dude, the do it, do it. Please, 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 please. Did you please, guys know please, that Cinda is? <laughs> can you can you do that for the first little bit, and then I'll go in. God. Yeah, just scream, damn it, Skelly. <laughs> go on. Go, go for it. Get out of here. Yeah. Okay, count it in five, and then and start off with that. Five, four, three.
two, one.